has begun and I fall out of bed to a sobbing call in the frame of the wall you see burn fire you guys are smiling at me and you in my hey I miss it like if there wasn't quarantine I could have watched it for the 11th time in April <laughs> the 11th oh, was time in to be April like a, another theater or a cinema in theater like screening yeah they were having um what was it a yeah special screening of the shorts that go in front of it mm. oh snap just like we have shorts in front of the black and animated podcast hello guys Ooh. we don't have animated shorts in front of the black and animated podcast actually we, we are <laughs> very animated people and then we kind of have short discussions in the front of the topic and or interview of the episode so that's kind of like a that's kind of like an animated short a little bit yeah yeah, yeah there you go yeah yeah that's a, <laughs> yeah that's that's basically what it is uh, wow. we're here. We're this here. A, this is a black and animated podcast. This is a black and, and animated podcast, guys. You know, it wouldn't be <laughs> a season of the black and animated podcast if there wasn't an episode about anime. Got to get that titular anime episode in. Got to get Gotta it get in. That titular I love anime. anime. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Hey, who's that? Oh. Who's that? <laughs> Who is that? It's me, your old anime friend, Lorraine. What? Yeah. You were here in season one. Get out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, a, season, a season one cameo from Lorraine. Great. Oh, my it's God. Like the the Chekhov's anime gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put it there in the first act, and it comes back in act three, right? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> anime gun that, like, shoots, I don't know, crazy man i'm trying to think of a good anime gun but my mind's blanking for some reason <laughs> oh yes <laughs> anime gun that anime gun. transforms from uh middle school girl high school yeah there you go <laughs> man i didn't watch the call all the way through i think i started to watch it and then i was like i haven't watched most of what it's referencing from gynex slash trigger slash I think it's all trigger though, not Gynex. Yeah, it's all it's all trigger stuff. It's only like thirty minutes long. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. They're about, to say, they're I think like the five, whole right? Season is thirty yeah, minutes long. <laughs> and you're just like, like five or seven minutes, but they are really dense. Mm-hmm. I haven't so, seen Inferno Cop yet, and that's the main reason why. I well, I so Jed and I, my boyfriend, for uh, people who are new and listening. Who might not know. All right, um, all right, we get it. You have a point. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm in love. <laughs> um, we decided to watch a little bit of Inferno Cop, and we were rolling. But I was also like, "Why was this made?" <laughs> Wait, is Inferno Cop the same uh, police officer character yeah. in Lulu? Oh, yeah, he's over justice. Oh. Also, rest in peace, Inferno Cop. His voice actor passed away earlier this year. Rest in oh, peace, no. Inferno Cop. Rest in peace, Inferno, but it was, Inferno Cop. It's very Inferno sad, Cop. but it was very on brand. He like died in a motorcycle accident. Oh my god! Oh no! See, Inferno Cop. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. 
But yeah, well, guys, welcome to the Black and Animated Podcast. We're mm-hmm. here with one of our uh, BWWB. It's been three seasons and we still haven't decided BW nope. episodes where Brie and Way just kind of talk about random stuff. Not really mm-hmm. random, but just cartoons and cartoon accessories and how they're related to black people and the and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And as she mentioned before, we have uh, a season one guest and also black and animated uh, cord like team lead member, Lorraine Great. Hello, I'm Lorraine. You remember me from season one. <laughs> you might remember me from certain podcast episodes such as. <laughs> I still oh like anime. Mm-hmm. Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, you can't take the anime out of the anime love, or I don't know. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like we had like a a pretty interesting and good segue <laughs> when we we're talking about anime guns because uh, we're we're kind of talking about uh, anime gun, which is Studio Triggers, <laughs> uh, which is you know a part of a gun. Boom! That that's a, that's a part of the segue. Studio Triggers. <laughs> <laughs> their first animated feature and it's yeah. such visual overload like wow that movie mm-hmm. yeah we know promare came out like what last year yeah november last year may last year if you're in japan i guess man it oh, feels like not, that movie came like... out like 50 years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> it feels like this is like a smooth like 90s hit that people forgot <laughs> and kind of, or was like went into like the 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 the, the what do you call it the treasure chest the archive anime archive kind of swept under the rug by by someone who was just like oh this anime is too cool yeah and, it's pretty timeless and like it has mm-hmm. a really timeless classic feel like the second after i saw it i was like what oh my god <laughs> i need more like this it's everything I ever wanted out of an anime. How how would I ever make something this cool? Because this is like what I would aim for in my life to make something this cool. Yeah, God, yeah. It, it, and it's... one of the big oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. You go ahead. You had something. <laughs> no, I was gonna say uh, one of the big reasons that we wanted to talk about it on uh, Black and Animated is because of it. Just has such uh, it's it's a crazy crazy fantasy film. But it has such like topical subject matter and kind of just like real life problems that people actually deal with on a real life day to day basis to it. Yeah. And we understand it's not like the movie broke any bounds because other anime films or other pieces of media have covered this. But I think because it's so it's so well timed to the political climate of America, at least. Mm-hmm. is that that's probably i guess that's why like we're talking about it and the fact that it's like a newer piece of like um anime media that's like a big like hit in america <laughs> like mm-hmm. they sold a lot of tickets over here i bought 10 of them <laughs> <laughs> i've seen this movie 10 times and i've seen it in 3d and Oh, oh, wow, that sounds forty. Not even. Oh 3D. my god! What is three D? Did, they, did like they smell burn the theater? 
They should just start like flame torching the set us all on fire. <laughs> that one particular very important part, but there were smells, there were shaking seats, there was oh my um, god. like what else? They had like mist for like all the stuff, like whenever you got shot with guns and stuff. Like it was, it was great. Wow. Wait, so do you do you also up. get? uh Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But do you also get three D glasses in four D screenings? Some of them do, but the Promare, I think it, it doesn't have like a 3D version. Okay, that's so, good. Like I feel like I guess, that, so. that'd be too too much if it was stereoscopic. Yeah, do you want to feel like the fire of the burnish on your on your butt? I did. <laughs> I did. That's what I signed up for. Uh-huh. But we keep talking about this movie, but what if people haven't seen it yet? What is yeah, what? Promare? is premiere about what is it about it's about everything (laughs) (laughs) like if there's something in your life premiere might have covered it the movie is really dense which is like why it leads to like you could just rewatch it several times because like it has so much in it but the basic story is if you've seen Avatar, it's like the firebenders versus the cops, like the firefighters. Literally, Probear, I'm gonna I'm gonna swear, Probear said like fuck the police, like literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like literally and figuratively, it said <laughs> fuck the police. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about that. ships. Um, yeah, Pro Pro Bear is. <laughs> Wait, you're getting ships from? Don't worry about it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, man, Pro Pro Bear. It's about just these. Uh, I guess in like a non-spoilery sense, because I don't know, is this movie like out of the spoiler territory? You can buy it and rent it for three dollars. Take three, like if you if you don't want spoilers, please just take three dollars. Go to YouTube, Amazon, iTunes, like wherever you go, rent the movie, and then come back to this podcast. Yeah, then do that. Do that. Listen. Yeah, do that. Let's just wait for for five seconds. Let them do that. Please watch Promare before you listen to this. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a good point. Please watch Promare. Give like a three second wait for them to watch it. Press pause now. <laughs> All right, right we're cool, going to Okay, we're, you wow. Oh, it was great. You came back. Yeah, you, you came back. Uh, <laughs> you watched it. You you know all about uh the mad burnish and Leofotia and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh how Cray mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. bad guy. He's basically Elon Musk and um mm-hmm. yeah, like this the, he uses Wow, that was great. Yeah. You did it. <laughs> but just in case you didn't, um uh, I I just do a super quick summary. Uh it it's kind of like about uh 30 years prior to the movie's events, I think it's 30 years, uh, there is yeah. the the entire world went through an occurrence called, I think it was called the Great Burn, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. something like that. Uh, in yeah, which, the Great uh, World Blaze. No, the Great World Blaze, while well, I was close, there was, it's great. People got, um, people got hot. Where, <laughs> people got hot. Like, people started spontaneously combusting, and it was, like, crazy, and a lot of them who survived the spontaneous combustion were left with, like, crazy super burning everything powers and um, before you say it no it's not like fire force 
This is different <laughs> no, anime. It's not, like it's not like Fire Force at all. For like, <laughs> trust me, it sounds like it is, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, not. I mean, uh, not gonna lie. After watching Fire Force a little bit, and then knowing that the movie was coming out, I was kind of like, oh, this seems like it's too close, and I didn't really wasn't really feeling Fire Force. So that's that what I thought too. From watching <laughs> watching the movie at first. Yeah, the first episode of Fire Force was, like, so cool, but then, like, mm-hmm. there was, like, no legs on that story to, like, keep yeah. me interested. It sucks, because mm-hmm. that's, like, a really cool story, and I liked Soul Eater a lot. I was so down, but I just, yeah, I couldn't keep up either. Rip. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep up the interest, at least, like. No, yeah, same. Totally same. Like, I watched the first couple episodes, and I was trying to follow it, because it was coming out, like, I was watching it as it was coming out on mm-hmm. Country Roll or whatever. Yeah. And slowly it was kind of like all right i think i'm done here <laughs> like this is yeah this i is tapped getting... out too yeah but uh tapping back into the plot <laughs> summary of pro um uh in the present day of the movie uh the burnish who are the people that were uh, who were left with these fire powers are discriminated against uh in i don't know where they are are they in tokyo i don't know they're in like detroit is it detroit promepolis wait then what is wait isn't wait no detroit's like one of their bikes name yeah detroit is yeah my bad my bad okay we'll get to that later sorry i didn't mean to jump Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes in modern day promepolis that is uh the the british yeah, they are uh, discriminated against by uh, people that don't have burning powers. I mean, uh, for a, a big reason is because the burnish uh, like to burn things down, and uh, a lot of normal people don't like it. But uh, peace is kept by uh, some white dude. <laughs> yeah, some some blonde white dude who's like basically Elon Musk. He's like, yeah, I found a way to like. <laughs> do stuff to make the burnish not do their burn thing Mm -hmm. even though burnish technically want to just live a normal life um yeah and uh (laughs) we follow we follow gallo is his name yeah gallo gallo timos gallo we follow gallo timos who's like a super um i guess hot-headed firefighter who uh once like times 12 Mm-hmm. And a yeah. little more dumb. <laughs> Who wants to protect the city from the British. And uh, he meets up with Leo Fotia. <laughs> who Who's is like an icy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leader of the icy. British. And they kind of, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> start a revolution. They they do, yeah. Because cause Leo basically is part of a group called the Mad Burnish because they're they're... I guess for lack of a better phrase, like they're kind of like a radical terrorist group in the eyes of the public that um, harms people that's trying to fight for burnish rights. Um, so and a part of the, a large part of the public, I guess, doesn't think that the burnish have like rights because they're like freaky people with firepowers that could be harmful or dangerous. And um, uh, Gallows part of, gallows group that he's part of is like they're they're part of basically like a a, a fireman force basically that deals burning with rescue. yeah burning rescue that see lorraine knows lorraine knows better burning than rescue. we do burning <laughs> rescue that basically deals with uh 
burnish in like these situations. Um, yeah, they're like they're just firefighters. Yeah, they're based. They're just firefighters, but they deal with like the the but they the, the burnish police. people. Yeah, and but the thing is, like, they're. I don't. Wow. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm kind of thinking okay, about Bree. it. It's okay, Bree. Say it. It's no. okay. <laughs> well, I'm kind of thinking about how um uh. Burning rescue isn't necessarily uh, the cops. They're more so like first responders. Um, Ah, yeah. Yeah, so I I guess we should distinguish that like, yeah, they're not like enforcement police. They're just trying to um, simmer (laughs) simmer down, simmer down um, the burnish folks that are kind of losing control of their powers. But um, they do not know that there is some like BS afoot with, what happens to those burnish people and yeah, like, yeah. You really know what's happening is like there's a there's an organization above the fire force called um or sorry above the burning rescue called freeze force and they're literally just ice mm-hmm. they're the ones who come in there with guns and literal ice to arrest people and kidnap them yeah and that's not okay and burning rescue is like hey maybe you should like help the people not like mysteriously kidnap them into the night and they're like nah you didn't see nothing mo and it's like whoa, whoa, whoa hold hang on now hang on hang on that's not okay mm-hmm. yeah so when the movie starts like it starts with burning rescue coming to put out a fire with a building gallo is like launched up to the top where he meets leo and they get into a fight and then like he ends up like defeating leo and capture and like capturing him and then immediately the ice freeze force comes over and takes him away to jail. Mm-hmm. And then should we just go, should I explain the whole movie? Well, I don't think we should probably explain the whole <laughs> yeah, thing. I think we can just talk movie. about yeah. because if people are at this the, point, they've seen they've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, they've seen the movie. Like they, they definitely watched the entire movie by now because we asked them to. Yeah. So um I think it it it'll be good to just talk about um points uh that we uh found that were like big like things that reflected i guess reality and um later even just like favorite parts of the film as well and um i think specifically uh i mean this is kind of talking about what happens but um throughout the film uh got Gallo, <laughs> Gallo is kind of like realizing that he is kind of on the wrong side of things, or at least the uh, the things that he once believed in, uh, what were just like not exactly the truth, and yeah. not not exactly what he thought he was fighting for. Yeah, he realized um, he can no longer be complicit with racism. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he realizes his complacency because in the beginning he is kind of like, wow, like you burnish, like you gotta, uh, like at least the burnish that are, um, like at least Leo and his crew that are like in the eyes of the public causing harm. He's like, well, you should be in jail because you're hurting people. But there's an incident where there's um a guy who's working in a in a pizza shop helping out like in selling pizzas and just using his burnish powers to like make good pizza but freeze force comes in is like y'all have got a y'all got a burnish up in here going to jail but they're like 
yo, he didn't do anything though. He's just trying to make a living selling and, and like baking. Just making pizza, bruh. Like, yeah, he just wanted to use his firepower and his like burnished skills for making a badass pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's part of the change, like kind of showing like, hey, um maybe there's more going on than what you think there is. And um I think it's just really important that Galog has that understanding of seeing that happen before his eyes and also yeah. learning from Leo in another instance, like in the cave that like, Hey, like, you know, we kind of can't help being who we are just like you can't help being who you are. Like we have to, we have like this crazy desire to like burn stuff up and we'll like disintegrate into dust and just learning how like the people that are um burnished yeah he like learns how like they're persecuted and he's like oh this ain't saying good <laughs> learns about kissing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he learns about kissing he sees some some uh cpr <laughs> uh cough cough actually just kissing <laughs> yeah i really liked the in that scene in the pizza shop like where where gallo starts to realize that like you know, maybe what he's doing and what his organization believes in is wrong is like, where he's like, this is stupid. This guy didn't do anything. And like ice responds or like, we're just going to call them ice now, by the way, guys, like freeze force is just ice. We're just going to call them that. Like it's it's called the, it's called freeze force. Like how can you not make that distinction, that connection? Like, come on. Yeah. They literally shoot you with ice bullets. (laughs) So like, and, and then like when Gallo's like, "Hey, this is stupid. This guy wasn't using his burnished power to hurt people. He was just trying to make a good pizza." And Ice just responds like, "That's for the law and the courts to decide." Which is like that's so topical because like a lot of our laws like still don't make a lot of sense or like are built on racism. And even if they're not morally right, people will just point to them and go, "Well, that's the law. Mm-hmm. We just have to follow it." And I, I really liked um, that that very clear it's mm-hmm. not even a metaphor because it's just like that's how it's like, it's, work, yeah that's how our works. it's literally how a lot of a lot of stuff actually works which is like terrible and it's like so interesting to see because i think it's also like this this reflection kind of shows like as brie was saying earlier just that that um the realization of complacency and kind of like something I'm sure like many people go through on whatever like level of like, wait a second, like this isn't cool. <laughs> wait, yeah, I've been living this ain't cool. Right. Yeah, figure out the system that you live in is like built on racism. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it it's something that because what pro premiere came out, you we said last year, November, and at the and like in earlier that year if you were in Japan and I feel like at least for a lot of America that was the height of people sort of realizing hey we're literally putting um Latinx people in internment camps for not being here I mean I think it had been going on I think well even the year before that but even then Mm -hmm. um it's just still like hey this is going on and I'll just be real that, you know, a lot of, there are a lot, there's like a portion of the anime community that's like, 
well, anime is not political. I don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, you're literally watching a movie that's t- talking about these things. Granted, not verbatim um, exactly like America's problems, but it does feel like um, Amaishi and them kind of just used um, like just like the crummy things that are happening, whether it's well, in America. I feel like I, I think it's important to also state like, you know, racism and uh, people being marginalized, you know, it doesn't just happen in America. I mean, that's obvious, but um, like, I don't know exactly Japan's history, but I'm sure like there has been uh, racism and uh, this like prejudice uh, that happens in Japan as well. Yeah, they, well, Japan has, um, if I if my history is correct, has kind of been the one perpetuating some of that racism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but sort of yeah. bringing it back to America, you know, Japanese people were also highly like sort of discriminated yeah, against here yeah. for for like a hot minute. And well, yeah, and even now because of the virus, and-, and even now because of the virus going on, like it's the because of our Cheeto president, <clears throat> you know, calling it the China virus, which is awful, and just sort of lumping all Asian and Asian American folks in there. There's like rampant racism against a lot of like Asian folks just because like they're out in the pub, like out in the public or like wearing a mask just to out of courtesy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like a lot of trigger stuff in general, like, has a lot of like, I guess anti-fascist messaging, right? Like, well, like so kill a kill, like kill a kill is literally like about like fascism, like because well, and I think that was also like a play on words, fashion, fascism. yeah, fashion, yeah. fashion. It was like a play fashion on words, and fascism. <laughs> yeah, and even even like Gurren Lagann is kind of about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always like underdog stories about a group of marginalized people in some shape or form, sort of rising up against some sort of higher um establishment that is trying to quote unquote keep order because they feel that they know what's best when in actuality it is not the correct choice it's sort of just discrimination and um ultimately just like hubris (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like whenever people used to ask me like hey why do black people like anime it took me a long time to come to like maybe that conclusion i was like well it's it's like really reflective of a lot of the black experience in america yeah a lot of like those underdog stories and just rising up like even though it's like it feels like oh why would black people like something that's like so different like it's like anime from japan like it has nothing it seems like it should have nothing to do with like like american lifestyle let alone like black lifestyle but there's a lot of parallels there and that's really cool mm-hmm. yeah and th- and that's why i, I guess uh, going back to what i was saying before like it feels almost kind of comical to hear some fans that like anime that say like anime isn't political or that there is no politics and art and it's like well not really bro <laughs> like and, and i think that like the way americans think about politics is also like really skewed too because i think we make everything political we make like wearing a mask political or something like that whereas like i think in in other countries like they might not even consider 
like this kind of story political because it's just like reality right right like uh i think like there was a, a good quote from imayashi the director of the movie where he was like Promare is about a lot of things, but it's also just really fun. So you can turn your you can turn your brain off and like watch it. But he also I think but like and that quote gets used a lot where they're like people are like Promare is not political. But like what he says like right after that is like I did use a lot of real life things to influ- influence this movie. So maybe you can pick up on some of the exactly yeah some of the references. Mm-hmm. That's not the quote exactly, but that's basically how the quote goes. If you if you go look it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people like just only the first part where they're like, see, look, the movie's not political. It's not about nothing. It's just dudes having fun. <laughs> Firing guns and ice. Yeah, like nothing at all. Yeah, I think it's it's so cool to be able to, I don't know, like show the human condition and just like the turmoil and the joys of like being human while um, burning everything <laughs> <laughs> with pink pink flames pink flames yeah yeah pink flames made out of triangles like yeah triangle triangular pink flames it ultimately though kind of made me like promare like watching it in theaters um was an experience because mm-hmm. the moment when they're experimenting and all the burnished people was just really haunting and my mm-hmm. brain just kept going to instances in history where again marginalized groups have been used by white folks for like their own personal gain and like yeah, literal literal experimentation literal experimentation mm-hmm. yeah and like and not even just like experimentation but like i guess like exploited for capital yeah like, yeah because like right. they're, using, they're using the burnish just to like fuel their ship so they can go live on some other planet mm-hmm yeah, that's like a huge, yeah, just like the 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 poor and or marginalized people uh, just being used by by others for that type of gain. Yeah, that was like something also that was just like on my mind. It's just like, that's, oh my God. It, it's, a, it's a real thing. And like you think about... You, you, you think about, you know, like the literal injection of syphilis into black men by the U.S. government, like just to sort of experiment and see, like, does this work? Does that work? Like, what's going on here? You know, just like these 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 different awful things that have happened to different groups of people and like black people in particular. It's just really awful. And I guess that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Lorraine, like, um how there's this connection that black folks have to anime whether or not like we're thinking that deep about it or not you know there's just something about these stories that seems to resonate with us a lot like even if like you're watching the most like cute kawaii anime whatever you could turn to your friend who's like the biggest uh like buff black dude and he'll and he'll be like oh yeah i watch dragon ball z like like come on yeah i feel like it's it's really common like everyone loves like dragon ball my hero academia naruto mm-hmm. and a lot of those stories are about like like the main character like stands out for whatever reason like something that they can't help and has to go through society just like you know being different and still having to overcome your differences and like win all everyone's friendship and convince people that you're 
like of your true heart or something. And I feel like that's really reflective of how a lot of black people have to go through living in the US. Mm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of black people, Leo Fotia, do we claim him? <laughs> yes. Leo Fotia is welcome to the cookout. Like the second his intro happened, where he like shows up, rides his bike, runs over Gallo, and makes a flame throne and just sits oh, on it. Yes. Just like the man spreading. Like, just, just, like, what would happen? Like, I just, I lost it because <laughs> i didn't really watch the trailer before watching the movie i was like oh trigger's cool i like all their stuff this movie looks colorful and i think like right before i went to see it in theaters like i was like oh i found out like leo was a dude first of all which was like made it even better because i was like oh like that's kind of cool like trigger has like a girl main character but they do that sometimes but then i was like oh he's like a really pretty man i love that even more <laughs> but it was just like he had such good like energy like when he showed up and i was like i'm here for this <laughs> sign me up and then i watched the movie 10 times in theaters <laughs> yeah i re- like the seeing that moment on my tv i made me regret not seeing it in theaters so hard i was like this is like oh man like just the cinematography of that moment and i mean i mean the entire sequence was just like amazing but the, just Seeing that, I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, literally, like, ah, oh, I've made a grave mistake. <laughs> I know. I feel like I tried to tell you every single time, not every single time, but like a lot when it was like still in theaters. Yeah, here. I remember. And I was kind of like, ah, oh, catch the next one. Like, oh, you know what? I'm, 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 I'll just see it when it comes on TV Lorraine, or whatever. You wouldn't let me miss it. You were like, I will take you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I literally was like, Brie, let's go to the movies. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I think I was like out of town too when you when y'all were like seeing it together and stuff. So I was kind of missing oh, yeah. out on it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just catch it when it's on DVD. And boy, ah, well, howdy. I, 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 mean, I think it did really well in theaters. So hopefully, whenever theaters are a thing again, if they make it through the pandemic, yeah. um, we can go see it again in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely one I would love to catch again, and one I definitely need to see on a huge screen. Because they um, they definitely, I guess it's like a cult classic now, so you can definitely yeah count on them screening it again if we're ever allowed to watch movies in theaters again. Right. Mm-hmm. It's got really good music, and I don't know. Why I started with music, but like sometimes I wonder if Promare should have been a miniseries rather than the movie because I feel like I would have liked to see more of the world well maybe not the world but more of like Promopolis and just maybe get to know more burnished people and have Gallo meet them and come into realizing stuff a little bit more slowly because you think about it um like think about if you have a friend who may or may not have some bad takes about systemic racism and whatnot um or they're just kind of i don't know that sort of um that passive liberalism where it's like oh yeah stuff's bad but you know don't rock the boat too much i guess you know and how sometimes it might take time for that person to learn and grow and to see that ebb and flow 
Like, I, I think about how if Promare was a miniseries and it had more room to allow you to breathe be, because that movie just kept going and going. And I was like, ah, this is all really cool, but it keeps going and I'm overloaded with the colors and the music, but it's but I'm having a good time. Ah. Yeah, I feel like it's... A- Huh? No, I was just going to say it definitely was at like 3 million percent from start to like just and just went up from there till finish. Yeah, I remember when I first um, watched it, like I was with my friend and like after the first fight scene, we were like, they could end the movie right here. And that was totally worth my money. And then yeah. it proceeded to go on for two more hours. <laughs> and like. I remember feeling like at the beginning, like there's so many points where the movie could end and I would be like, this is totally fine. This was totally good and worth my money and worth the the time of watching it. And I, I do like that the movie is really dense because that does lead to a lot of rewatch value. But mm-hmm. yeah, like there's a lot of stuff like subtext and context that could be given to a lot more of the scenes mm-hmm. if it was like a longer series. Yeah. But then... Trigger made BNA, like Brand New Animal, and that's basically Promare, but with furries, and I felt like they didn't execute on it as well as Promare, so maybe Promare being a movie is actually good. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like it's interesting because it kind of gives, like, I feel like it allows people that might not be into watching animated series but like watching movies and kind of just like oh you know what i've I've heard about this and uh, a lot of people are saying this is cool like maybe i'll watch it like it kind of gives that like a little bit of an entry point because i feel like i don't know a lot like just comparatively to like triggers um series like tv series shows to like this feature film like there's a lot more i guess like <laughs> i'm thinking about like kill a kill just like so much more provocative uh and uh <laughs> type of just i don't know moments and storytelling um in it that could detour like the not the person that's kind of not used to <laughs> that type of stuff yeah. and yeah like uh, if you go into like if you first trigger if you don't watch anime and somebody's just like watch kill a kill I, I, it'd be like, um, I don't yeah, know. I feel like trigger, trigger stuff is definitely for the more advanced of the weebs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and that's not even a game thing to say. That's like truth, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I think you have to have a couple anime but under your belt and like understand like the language and the flow and uh, like the pace at which anime goes to like even understand like a lot of trigger stuff. Like, I saw Gurren Login in high school or college, and I didn't understand it that well, or I didn't like it that much because, like, I didn't know that it was, like, poking fun at a lot of, like, giant robot anime tropes. Mm-hmm. And I just took it seriously, and I was like, why is this so weird and dumb? But then I realized, like, I think watching it later, years later, that, like, it was just clowning on every other mecha anime. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen, like, even Gellion or anything like that, so I, I didn't know that it was just, like, truly just like clowning on every other mecha anime <laughs> trope before it and I, I didn't understand that before so and it's funny to go ahead Sorry. trigger stuff is more like anime plus like you already have to be a little bit in <laughs> and prepare an entry point to see like will this be my taste will it not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because it, it is such a condensed like version of <laughs> what trigger has done 
like if you're kind of like you know what like I, I can't watch like 24 episodes of something but hey i got two hours <laughs> and I, I did hear that like old people who watched the movie like they screened it at my friend's studio and there were some like like it's a studio like that makes like i don't want to give away too much of who the studio is sure but, like they're just like older people working there who aren't used mm-hmm. to like anime and stuff and they watched promare and said like it made them dizzy it made them feel kind of sick like the pacing didn't make any sense the movie didn't make any sense and i can i can definitely see how like if it isn't your cup of tea like it's definitely no yeah a hundred percent it it's it's sometimes hard to it <sighs> i i feel like watching promare is a little bit like falling into like a jackson pollock painting (laughs) 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 it's just like that feeling it's just like there's so much going on Mm -hmm. there's so much energy there's so many colors like uh, things are just like connecting weirdly like where where am i (laughs) what's happening and then you're just like whoa this is so cool and beautiful like i i want to watch it again just like and like like pick it apart and see things that make sense or does make sense or why it didn't make sense yeah and it's it's not perfect like trigger shows in general aren't perfect like i think like again i think uh i think i've told you this before lorraine maybe where i think about kill a kill and how i loved it when i watched it first run through and it took me a minute to like fully get into it because at first i was like oh man i don't really care this is kind of weird i don't i don't get it and then i got to like the episode it was like episode two or three where satsuki's like i was like what do you talk about why are you embarrassed i'm going to do things my way and like if i have to get naked and like bare my breasts in front of people like i don't i don't care i'm going to do my thing i'm i'm literally going to like i am taking ownership of my body and that, that that's what matters and i'm just like oh okay i like yeah, you okay but i still am like man this is made by men yeah. and i and you can tell mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of things where i'm like i see what you're doing i know what you're doing because it's like the older i get i'm just like oh man this is by made by dudes and yeah. i just have a complicated relationship with it where i'm like mm-hmm. I, I i get what you're doing but there's there's some things you probably could have conveyed to me without doing doing that <laughs> and like they've got a really interesting idea about women like i mean in some ways i'm like i I get they're trying to do stuff that's empowering and in some ways it is like empowering because even with panty and stocking like they the main characters use like their sexuality as like yeah leverage and a tool and like as their own freedom for what they want to do like they're just like if i want to do this rando i will Mm -hmm. And I will get pleasure from it, and like the pleasure of the of their partner does not matter. Which in anime, it's usually like the complete opposite with the way a lot of like uh, women characters are portrayed. So it's interesting because it's like I, I can see what they're going for, and in some ways I do appreciate it, and in other ways I'm like, man, this is written by a bunch of old dudes. Yeah, and and speaking with Romare, of, oh, go ahead, Wendy. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, speaking of speaking of sexuality. I was just going to mention how the homoeroticism <laughs> is palpable between Gallo and... See, that's um, the thing. Yeah. I I always... Sometimes I think about it and I wonder, like, is Promare dating or not? Like, and I feel like the film itself might be. 
queer baiting, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But I think it's I, more straight baiting than queer baiting, though. No, that's true. They do fake you out. They fake you out real hard. I mm-hmm. love it when my man's Gallo literally drops the girl to go after his own man. Mm-hmm. The very mm-hmm. true. That is all the proof I need that this movie mm-hmm. is exactly. Yup. I guess I just feel but, like feel like it might be slightly queer baiting only because it's not super. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't. Like yeah, I know that they, I know like, that they um, and I know that the 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 music crescendos, and I think in like the four D experience, like you smell flowers, and it's all like lovely during that sequence. <laughs> um, but there's something about the movie not really being like just straight up about it that feels a little like, eh. but the material outside of it, like the um like the art books that the that the animators put out like there's some there's some drawings in there that i guess because the the artist did it i guess this kid and i don't know <laughs> yeah like i mean they even released like that official art for i think like new type or something yeah where that had like them both like wearing like little wedding outfits with like matching bouquets yeah so it's like the 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 extra material seems to lean into it but the film itself isn't straight up and i understand that probably in japan like you can only push so hard because they're still going through their their stuff too with um like representation and laws for their their um lbgtqia community so like they they got a battle they're fighting too so like i understand if you can't fully be straight up about it um and and i mean they still went harder than anything the u.s has released no that's very true i'm this is gonna be a weird like um not comparison, but like, uh, I guess connection. But <laughs> talking about this kind of reminded me of God. This is so weird. The Lego Batman movie. <laughs> oh, between because, like Joker and Batman. Yeah, the ending of the Lego Batman movie. How did that where, the, where Batman and the Joker are like so close, and they're literally about to kiss, and you're just like, what's happening? but then they know but it gets so close i feel like that unfortunately is a joke just because the way like media over here is and not not that i condone it but that's what that feels like to me i've i've only seen lego batman once and it felt Mm -hmm. like a joke to me during the whole thing and i was kind of Mm -hmm. bummed out by it like Mm -hmm. like i was reading into it like oh they love each other let me let me see it and then like I yeah, now that you mention, because I haven't seen it like since it came out, and now that you mention it, yeah, uh, God, because I definitely was just like, oh yeah, they love each other, definitely, <laughs> but they probably were just like, ha, look at that, they almost kiss. I mean, we can, but that think, would be gay. We can thank the Lord for Shira and Harley Quinn right now, so mm-hmm. yeah, we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting. But I do remember, like, I mean, even like the the gay subtext context i don't know i i feel like it's context is like really there because i remember i was watching it for the first time with my friend and even during the battle between leo and gallo like leo points his sword right at gallo like and and gallo's on the floor with his legs like wide open making this like weird smirk that's like i'm kind of into this and my friend (laughs) friend she's like this is feeling really gay right now. And we're like 15, 20 minutes into the movie and we're like, <laughs> is it? I can't tell. Like, no, they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Would they? 
I mean, trigger stuff always is like a little bit kind of LGBT friendly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like like Kill a Kill ends up with like Mako and Ryuko going on a date together. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, would they? And they did. So like, I mean, I feel like I will. I mean, it's not my place to accept it, but I will take it as one tiny drop of representation. And and I like that, like even if it's not the main. I guess, like, plot of the movie, like, it's just normalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Even they end up, like, living together, too, afterwards, and, like, again, like, more additional material? Or is that... Yeah, they're... Or... I guess, like, they're sitting on a couch eating pizza. Whose couch is it? Uh-huh. It's, it's their couch. Yeah, because their couch. they're <laughs> Yeah. Like, there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cute after materials that, like, suggest that, like, they do have a life and a relationship of some sort outside of the movie. Yeah. It, it, and it'd be nice to see it, like, straight up on screen, though. But, but yeah, no, I feel you. Um, and Leo has two husbands, Mason Guerra. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> His burnished companions. Mm-hmm. We, we love I, I could do without the gay panic that Gallo had after, but, like, I guess it was more about starting a fire than it was about kissing a man. So... That, yeah, that, that, that's what we hope. <sighs> I had, I had forgotten about that, Lorraine. That you reminded me of that, and I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. Oh yeah, happen. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, oh god. My god, like, um, hey, hey, now, don't do that. This is what dreams are made of. <laughs> yeah, but then they they get into the robot, and Leo tears his shirt off, and they're like, we're good now. Our ship name is now Leo de Gallon. Leo de Gallon. <laughs> Leo de Gallon. Let's talk about um, Elon Musk for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> the character. The character. Yeah. Let's talk about you. I have, I have so many opinions. I would like to hear yours, though, Brie. So um, I'm going to just be real and say uh, while watching this movie, I think I can't remember if I looked over to you, Lorraine, or not, but I feel I felt it in my soul uh, that I like looked over to you and I was just like, Man, I wonder who the villain is. Um, <laughs> well, it's because Trigger keeps doing this thing where, and and this is me saying this after having watched BNA, where it's like, mm-hmm. well, um, our protagonist is going to have very cool primary colors, and our antagonist slash foil character. Uh, I'm saying that to include um, old girl from my my hero or my hero god little witch academia even though i don't think she's quite a villain she's just like a foil um well i think diana plays the role of like nia or leo rather than yeah she's like also the gay love interest yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i think like the character in little witch academia that's really like the most to crave foresight is andrew who that see i didn't get that far in the show he's like um there's like just sorry there's like these like this family of rich guys mm-hmm. that like, I mean, they just kind of get underutilized, but they have the same kind of like combed back hair, like Cray Foresight or the Sylvester company and brand new animal. Mm-hmm. But they're just like rich benefactors who you don't know like what their real intentions are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's who it is in Little Witch Academia. I feel like Diana's more close to being like an antagonist, like Leo or Viral yeah just like a just just basically a foil basically to to like your main your main character someone who's like basically just like the opposite but 
yeah like uh trigger just keeps doing this thing where you have like this sort of anglo-saxon looking bro or gal who um just is like some business bureaucrat and they're like really nice but they seem kind of icy cold but you can't quite i have no secrets that i am holding yeah like when i saw old boy in bna i'm like well i can't wait for the villain to boy i can't wait for him to be the villain and then when i saw um ragio show up i'm like oh i can't wait for her to be the bad lady you know just like and when i saw cray foresight i was just like that's the villain ain't it (laughs) That's the villain. Not gonna yeah, lie. Like I can't fascism. Yeah, I, I can't lie. I completely like in my mind the endings of of Promare and BNA kind of like blend in my mind because they're just so like basically the same with the reveal and the like, oh that's right. I'm totally one of you guys that I legit, hate my own kind. Legit, like <laughs> legit. Like, oh so sorry, we're spoiling the ending of BNA. Oh yeah. So sorry. Totally guys. spoil the ending of BNA. Hey, guess what? It, it, if you watch Promare, you also watch Yeah, if you watch Promare, if you watch Kill a Kill, you saw BNA. Um <laughs> but but yeah, like it, it was it wasn't even funny. Like Jed and I were um watching the watching bna together and then like the end like the end was nearing and i just looked over to him and i was like man i I, oops i guess i'm a mad i guess i'm a burnish too i guess (laughs) i am also a life fiber and then old boy was like i too am a a beastman and i'm like wow i was joking I am an anti-spiral. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. It's like, yes, I am a spiral race. Blah 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 blah. Like, wait, wait. <laughs> You're doing it again, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, like we said earlier, Trigger, I guess, ultimately has found their niche where they very much want to, in their stories, talk about these like anti-establishment, anti-capitalism, anti-fascism kind of stories. And those mm-hmm. underdog protagonists sort of rising up and um, just sort of standing up for like marginalized groups, and I think that's okay. Um, yeah, like, and they tell. I like. Story. I will. I will listen to this story. Trigger can tell me the same story ten different times, and I will accept it each time. I I'm not tired of this food. <laughs> like, I was actually a little bit surprised by BNA not ending in space or robots. Like <laughs> throwing huge galaxies at each other. Yeah, <laughs> like that was throwing entire galaxies at each other. <laughs> like they should have, they should have had the beastman come from space. They should have uh, had a beastman robot. <laughs> but, uh, that would have, that would have put BNA like up there. The 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 only thing about um, BNA that I didn't really like was that it kind of leaned into a whole sort of maybe beastmen are bad and maybe they're keeping themselves down kind of rhetoric almost yeah that was weird i didn't mm-hmm. and i was yeah, like mm, to think about too hard it'll make me mad yeah i was like mm, i don't know about that one guys mm-hmm. i don't know about that one because that's like saying the oppressors are probably the that i mean saying the oppressed are probably the oppressors themselves like did that go anywhere now that I think about it? 
the metaphor was really bad. Like everything that they tried to do with like, I mean, if you, I mean, it's, it's like, I'm trying to just take it as its own story, but if I tried to put it in like a metaphor, it was worse than Zootopia's like racism metaphors. <laughs> well, Zootopia is just really bad because old boy becomes a cop at the end. And it's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I keep saying old boy because I forgot it. Nick, that's his name. Sorry. Nick Wild. <laughs> there you go. I almost said Nick Fury. And I'm like, that's a completely different character. <laughs> Nick Furry. Oh, oh, oh my God. I, I had to do it. I had delete, to do it to delete them. Wayman from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, like I like that at the end of Promare, Leo didn't become like a firefighter or a cop at the end. Like, it's real sad that he lost his his burnish powers because he's he like and like or, or I thought he did become like part of the burning uh the the I feel like um, that's in a lot of art I think like there's Lorraine like some... seen the movie ten times okay <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that no, out there no I, I was saying in like some, again like I was saying again like in supplemental material but you could yeah like, I think there's some material that has him like wearing like a like a firefighter's jacket. And hanging mm. out there, but I'm like, if there's no more burnish, I don't think that there's enough fires to like have a need for firemen in this like in such big numbers anymore. How could he get a job? I'm pretty sure a lot of firefighters just lost their jobs. Yeah. Or burnish. But yeah, I think that's also something that we have to remember too, that like I think I said it earlier that like trigger isn't necessarily perfect with their metaphors and their allegories that they're trying to tell, because there is a sense of trying to appease everyone a little bit and not just make the evil people be evil and i don't know i guess i just keep thinking about bna um kill a kill straight up like people are people and uh clothing is clothing like don't let you know your clothes take hold over you and fascism is bad but i think about i don't know i just keep thinking about bna and how that like really like i can't let that go because yeah i mean i think they weren't even really clear about what they were trying to say either because mm-hmm. like whenever um what's her name michiru and nazuna like become beastmen like they're not super like she doesn't have a super strong reason to want to become a human again other than she just doesn't want to be a beastman but she seems to like both of them seem to be really enjoying being a beastman and honestly being a beastman sounds way more fun and way more cool than being a human and i don't know why you would even consider wanting yeah. to like <laughs> well i think her thing I think the big part of it, uh, I mean, on that part of the story was that um, they were suddenly a part of this, like, completely marginalized part of the community. And it's like their entire homes and things that they were used to, specifically Michiru, I think Nazune, I can't remember her name exactly, was kind of like, oh, this is dope. I am never going home. <laughs> this is great. Well, uh, I mean, even, for, even for Michiru, like her main tie back to the human world was her friend Nazuna, who right. comes to the fucking or sorry, comes to comes to the town, Beast Town, and is a beastman. So it's like I don't think they really showed Michiru like missing her family. I don't even think they showed her family. That's true. They barely yeah. do show her. Show yeah, her like family. the little text message and stuff. So it wasn't like because I oh, felt yeah, like the, the text anchor to the human world was Nazuna, who is also with her. So there was like actually like at the halfway point, there's no reason for her to like really want to go back to being a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and and it's uh, yeah they have a lot of stuff that's like little weird holes like they can look like a person so why can't they just go live in human society it's not like oh they can only stay a person for like an hour and then they turn back into a beast it seems like they're right default. yeah like the well, moment I don't know. Uh, I feel like if you... she figured out how to do that yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like hey well, if you think if, if you think about it in like the very and this is like you know big brain thinking a little bit deeper if you think about it in the terms of race and like um how yeah like you know how like there's certain levels of whiteness that's accepted over the year over the years where like irish people weren't necessarily considered white for the longest time but then they like were accepted into it i feel like you could sort of equate it to something similar where um like even though like an irish person doesn't necessarily look that different from a american born white person there's uh at least more so back then they were um uh, discriminated against you know and it's kind of similar to like even though people that are like regular humans and then you have like the beastmen who can turn the animal on and off it's like people still know that that's a beastman and that's that's weird you know so so it's like they can't really like get rid of who they are even no matter what um at least if you sort of think about it a little bit like that and i know that's like a very big thing to compare it to but it just made me think about that like huh like that's something that's like in real life that is somewhat similar a little bit yeah because they they tried to like hit that metaphor a little bit with like how michiru and nazuna couldn't understand fully like the wolf howl like it didn't affect them in the same way yeah because they're not straight up um it was just a little sloppy for me. I was yeah. like, also like the, them become like if you're looking at the metaphors too, like them becoming the marginalized. Like it gives very uh, what's what was the name of that lady that was like the head of the NAACP? Oh and, God, and, like, she was white, <laughs> not black, and it kind of gives me that vibe. Like it gives me like the vibe of movies that like like Soul Man that are just like, oh man, I'm white, but I want to go and get into this like. HBCU or go to no, it was to get this scholarship that's only for uh black people, so I'm just gonna go blackface. Like it, it kind of like if you're if, if we're talking metaphors, like that part of it was kind of like uh, <laughs> this is it. Good. Yeah, I wonder if it would have been. I wonder if honestly BNA would have been better if they didn't like if there's a way you can construct the same story but not give Michiru and her friend like the Beastman disease or well it's not even a disease it's just like yeah I feel like calling it disease was also like a misstep mm-hmm. but I think it's just just showing that like Trigger is sometimes like in telling these like maybe anti-fascist stories like they're not necessarily always trying to talk about racism yeah and yeah think, right exactly and they fumble over talking about racism because like Maybe they don't experience about it or yeah they're not experiencing it and then when right. we see it people black people who do experience racism we're kind of like am i she what you doing though <laughs> what you doing? Like, oh, this is messy this is messy this is messy bro the one thing like because i wasn't really expecting like them to have like this um air quote like um just physical i don't know i, I wasn't expecting them it to be a, a reason of like I don't want to say disease, but like the 
gene, genetic, uh, the the nervous syndrome. Because I wasn't expecting that. What I was kind of like thinking before getting into the show or as I was watching the show was that, um, it's a night, like Michiru's, like secretly had this DNA like, uh, inside of her that she didn't know about. Um, and this was like almost going to be like a hey, this is like a part of myself that I didn't realize was a part of me, and kind of like opening herself up to that culture or that like, Ooh, like experience, like, like biracial like, identity. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh. Like that's where I thought it was going, but then it, it went in a completely different direction. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That the nerve. I'm gonna call it the night howlers because that's what it is. The night howlers. <laughs> it it is. It's the, it's the night howlers. It's like they saw. What's the, what's the night howlers? It's the it's the thing that makes you go uh, savage in Zootopia. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it is. <laughs> I can't say. It's literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna call it night howlers because I can't say the word syndrome. Um, I feel like that's a little bit weird because it, again, God, yeah, it you're, is. You're sort exactly of that. These, these animals as like a as you're you're saying that the, that the beastmen are a marginalized group, but you're saying that there's something savage in their genetic code that will come up. You know, if there's if there's too many of them at once, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like, well, you get too many brown people, they're gonna ruin everything. Like. They're gonna they're gonna start a revolution and be mad about like, it. <laughs> I don't know. The more I think about BNA, the more it kind of leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Even though it is yeah. a one and done little fun 12, 12? 12, 11, 12, 13? 12, yeah. 12 I think yeah, I think it's like a yeah. Or thirteen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's short. I can't remember. Less than twelve. No. Yeah, it's short. It's very short. I was watching it with some of my um, black friends, and it was. It was really interesting watching it with other black people because, like, at the beginning, we're like, "Oh man, this 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 girl Michiru, she's gonna learn about racism. She sure is gonna get educated about racism." And then as the series goes, we're like, "Oh, I don't I don't think this show's about racism, you guys. You guys, I, I I don't I don't know what it's about, but I don't. This isn't racism anymore. I don't know what to put like these metaphors. So for me, I had to just like take the show as like." its own thing i was just like okay this is its own story and i can't put any metaphors on it because they're broken and make me upset <laughs> so i'm just gonna take this as its own little cute story and not think about it too hard because it is too super messy so crave foresight elon musk let's go back to him for a second um and just how we were talking about earlier how there's all these villains in trigger lore and yes even proto trigger the 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 guy next stuff because we've been talking about trigger and saying like um gurren logan and panty and stalking but we do we do understand that that is like before they left and separated off into trigger when they were still poor creative team yeah same people minus our man ano yeah going off doing studio Kara, making evangelion dying slowly while making godzilla because toha won't let him do things but that's a different story (laughs) um but yeah like it's just very interesting too how trigger likes to have these sort of bigoted people that are um the villains in addition to them being like these weird like bureaucratic corporate 
white people basically whether or not they are japanese or not they like they symbolize this sort of um like this this like upper class like social status and i don't know uh cray was just interesting to me because he was just very self-loathing and like thought that the burnish were just so disgusting that he ultimately like was one yeah that was really interesting as like a twist because like i mean like i expected him to be the villain but i didn't expect him to also hate the burnish so much while simultaneously being one and not only just a burnish he was one of the more powerful ones like yeah. His whole appearance just like changed entirely when he revealed his burnished side. Yeah. And I keep and I keep joking saying like it's Elon Musk and I don't think I've explained why. It's it's because the whole reason why homeboy was just like you know, we got to we just we just got to jump. We just got to go to another dimension. We just got to leave this planet. And it's like you know you're only given one earth to live on my dude why don't you put forth all your effort to trying to find a solution and they do call him out on that like he's got in his in his mech he's got all these gadgets that are like here's a terraforming thing here's this here's that here's like a cooling thing and they're like why didn't you use like your big brain to like figure out how to stop the weird volcano from exploding or whatever. Yeah, the core. That's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> and he's like... just like, he's just like, I tried and it was hard. And I'm like, <laughs> bruh, you just want to leave. And, and they say mm-hmm. that too. They just say, you just want to leave no matter what you just want to go to a new place. And I think a lot about our boy Elon and how he's just like, yo, SpaceX is going to be lit. She's going to go to like Mars. Yo, we're going to like, people are just going to get, get on the plane gonna go here one way ticket you know i don't know if you're gonna come back but it's, it's gonna be cool it's gonna be lit let's just, let's just go and i'm thinking you got all that money dude can you like put some of that cool knowledge science stuff to maybe convincing our government that global warming is a real thing yeah like some of that terraforming money to terraform our earth back to being healthy again yeah like you know like figure out what like help you have to you have to um take care of what you got before you decide to give it up and move on to something else and that's why like i always the minute i saw this dude i was like oh this is is, is elon musk this is, this is this is some like smart science dude who is just like convinced that he can solve the problem by running away from the problem and and i think another elon musk like metaphor for that is that cray foresight like elon musk doesn't actually invent any of the things that he's using <laughs> Like, he just, like, he had, like, another professor, like, Deuce Prometh, who, like, actually did all of the actual inventions. And then when Deuce Prometh realized that, like, that, like, the burnish are tied to the center of the earth and that could fix the problem, he actually did make a solution. And when Cray saw that solution, he still decided to fight that robot instead of going, like, oh, maybe we can work this out using, like, some of that information and that technology. He right. still rejected a world where they could like live and work with the burnish and decided to just leave earth and everyone else to die. 
Like yeah. he still made that very active choice. And also he just didn't know how any of those things worked. I think that's why he also like decided to run because he knew that the warping kind of worked, but he didn't really know how any of the other stuff worked. Mm. Yeah, I also feel like uh, it also would give him an opportunity of like even more control or shaping a world that fit his own image rather than trying to help bring back or help just fix a, a world that wasn't really like uh, like not what he wanted or not something that he's created but something that uh is kind of inherited by uh the the new people the new generations that come to it and stuff like that so it it's like one of those uh megalomaniacal thought processes of like hey you know what i didn't really care about this anyway i'm gonna go make my own thing and i'm gonna have ultimate control over it because he had like the i mean that inside of the spaceship thing like it was what all the rich people or whatever that was that was supposed to be going in there yeah and, yeah, like only then, a like, certain yeah, population of people, and again, mm -hmm. like it goes back to how like marginalized people, whether um that are like poorer, their um socioeconomic status, you know, um, and like thinking about how like like those people are the first ones to go in times of crisis, or like the first yeah, ones the first to one sacrifice. Yeah, the first one sacrifice in times. There of are crisis. essential workers. There you go like a lot of like currently like a lot of the essential workers that are doing that are doing the work right now are a lot of uh lower income like black and brown people and the people that are out there uh protesting for their quote-unquote rights to go to the beach and get a haircut are um like white like older like upper class people that like are like well it's not affecting me i just want to go back and live my life and it's like um you know, people are literally dying and are sick and you're trying to go get a haircut. You're trying to go to the beach and party. You want to invite people over for game night. Like that's, that's not, that's not a priority. Like that's so inconsiderate. Like, where's your human decency? Like your basic human decency. And in Promare, like a lot of those upper-class people that are on that arc thing, basically, and are in line with um Cray's ideology, those folks, like he himself does not have that human decency to understand that like you are sacrificing folks and you're leaving a bunch of people behind to just jump to this other dimension to just sort of like run away from the problem when you could be helping and doing and putting your time and energy into like, you know, just being a good person and helping the people here. Yeah, because it's, like, not even, like, because I think even he gets, it gets revealed to him that, like, getting in that arc will just, like, literally destroy the Earth. Because mm -hmm. at first, I think they were just going to leave and be like, well, I hope things work out for everyone else that's still there. But then, like, when they find out that, like, oh, it's linked to the suffering of the burnish, and it will destroy the core of the Earth and just destroy the Earth in the process, he's like, yeah, that's even more of a reason to go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude. And even the way he refers to himself, like, I can't remember how it went in the dub, but whenever in the in the subtitled version, like, whenever he would refer to himself, like, in the final battle, he would say, like, 
and I crave foresight, like this crave foresight will do these things and change the world. Like he just went off the deep end and it's about his brand rather than like, you know, humanity who's actually being saved. Mm-hmm. That like our man's Elon Musk. Hey, maybe the people in charge of our countries and whatnot are not doing things in our best interest. And are just putting all of the black and brown people in harm's way. Maybe. 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 It's the Promare and BNA cast now, guys. And that's yeah. fine. <laughs> BNA for black and animated. Hey. <laughs> hey. Man, we had somebody on the Twitter say, like, hold on, I thought that the the LA Times talked to people that worked on the BNA anime when they saw like the retweet (laughs) of our article and I, and I retweeted like, uh, no BNA has been around since before the anime, but people (laughs) on the BNA team have watched the BNA anime and we liked it, (laughs) but now we're kind of like, we like it, but it also doesn't really know how to talk about racism properly. Yeah. (laughs) Did we? We We like parts of it. Other parts. My favorite part. Mm-hmm. My favorite part was the wolf man. He was mm-hmm. just so good the entire time. See, and there's I the senior love- citizen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fell in love with him when he cried. Oh. I think I also fell in love with Leo whenever he cried. So just give me crying anime boys crying about like their beliefs and their passion for racial equality. And I am here. Yeah. I'm ride or die. Yeah. He's he was also a favorite part of the anime for me. I was kind of like, oh man, cool, like werewolf type type dude. He's like, oh man, I believe in the freedom of my peoples, and I'm gonna rip you a new one. I'm like, oh snap, I'm here for it. Relationship, tiny little black gloves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Relation, <laughs> my friendship with uh, Legoshi is over. I am now only <laughs> friends with BNA Wolfman. <laughs> BNA Wolfman. <laughs> I saw like a really good one that was like, what was it? Shiro the Chad versus Lagoshi the Virgin. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Poor Lagoshi. He's he's trying. Beastar's main plot is trying to get Lagoshi laid. <laughs> it kind of is though. Like, I feel like Beastars isn't really Beastars is another weird one because I feel like that is that one trying to tackle race? I don't know. I feel like that one's trying to just make a high school anime with animals. I think it's mostly trying to like um, talk about. It's it's more about um, a metaphor for uh, adolescence and the, tra- the 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 transition into like you know adulthood that type of like right. And that's like the bestial kind of thing. Yeah, it's um, more about that. Man, all these animal metaphors. For like racism, fire metaphor. That's a problem in itself. Yeah, that's a whole another conversation. Yeah, that that is a whole conversation. Like also too, when I saw B, not B stars. Also, when I saw B and A, I was kind of like, oh, and another one. (laughs) Another one. Like okay, Utopia the anime. Yeah. It's like when it, when are we gonna get an uh, anime about racism that lets people be talk about racism directly? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a black animation or anime studio. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The arch to Agio. Yeah. 
they they out here. They out here. Let's Wait. let's see what see what they gonna do. <laughs> can can we talk about the art direction in Promare? Yeah. Can we yeah. talk about those visual metaphors? Yeah. Can we yeah. talk about how how the triangles represent the burnish and the lens flares? Anytime you see them on screen, are triangles. Oh. And then the actual squares, the fascists who want to put you in a square, their their shape is a square. Oh. I never thought about that. And 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 like the I guess like whenever the world goes back to normal at the end, the the lens flares are circle like they should be. Oh snap. I didn't know that. What? And and like the real galaxy brain here is do you know what? is a circle with triangles in a square? No. Uh, PlayStation controller. (laughs) (laughs) It's pizza. Oh my gosh. Shut up. Are you kidding? Pizza. No. The entire movie of ProMare. I hate Imaishi so much. (laughs) (laughs) I hate Yo-Yo Shinari. Get out of here. Wow. It was about pizza all along. <laughs> this is this movie's about pizza propaganda. Promare was the pizza oh. we made. We ate along the way. <laughs> <laughs> the real, the real metaphor. They're just like what meta- political metaphors? I just wanted to make a movie about pizza. P-I-Z-Z-A. How hard it is to be a pizza maker in this world? Pizza. Yeah. The real victims of discrimination are people who make pizza. <laughs> oh my god! Because they could bring the whole world together. The whole like we could solve racism <laughs> if we just made the whole world together. I feel like that's as bad as oh girl being in the commercial giving the cops in the protest a can of Pepsi. Oh, the Kardashian. Uh, was it Pepsi, Pepsi or was it Coke? I think it was Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I'm left. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like i saw that on twitter and i was like yeah yeah this movie has so many layers and i, I really appreciate every single layer layers of pizza <laughs> layers of <Yeah>. pizza <laughs> you got your cheese your pepperoni <laughs> you got your sausage your bell pepper <laughs> i hate it that's beautiful Hey guys, black people love anime and mm-hmm. you should watch Promare. And I guess you can watch BNA. It's 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 short. It's fine. It fumbles through its racism allegory though. Um Yeah, like, I feel like yeah. watch Promare, then watch BNA, because you wanted more Promare. <laughs> and then you can turn around and watch Promare again and appreciate it even more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that's a good that's a good thing to leave with. <laughs> the audience i can't wait to see the next thing that trigger has in store though like i think it's that cyberpunk something oh yeah they're doing a cyberpunk anime right cyberpunk with that video game yeah although i'm I'm intrigued i'm i'm intrigued although like and i understand trigger has its niche it would be nice for them to do something different because i feel like they tell the same story over and over again and while that story is very important to tell, um, I do worry that, like, you know, coming from what they've made previously and thinking about BNA, I wonder if they'll continue to fumble if they do sort of dive into some of these um, 
systemic um, injustices and just sort of it becomes more and more messy as they keep going. But either way, Imaishi, Yoyo Shinori, and like just the folks over at Trigger, they, they, they do good work. They produce really visually stunning stuff and I'll keep watching it and see what they got going on because I, I am intrigued. I'm curious. It's just like just like Kingdom Hearts. It's 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 a mess, but I love it. And I'm gonna keep consuming it. I cry. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's like a, for the different directors too. Like I think like I, I vibe more with Imaishi. Mm-hmm. Like his stuff has a lot more of that chaotic screaming kind of energy. <laughs> and he did like Promare and like FLCL. Oh yeah. Whereas like Yoshinari did Brand New Animal and like Little Witch Academia, which have like a more chill vibe. Like they still have a lot of cool visual imagery, but they have a little bit more less screaming, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think and Sushi is just, just like I want to drop you girls and baseball. That was the best episode of all of BNA to me, to be honest. The baseball mm-hmm. episode, like that was my favorite was episode. Wait, was it because it was referencing? Chicago Bears. No, but oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. Yes, Bears. Aww. No, I just because I love the camaraderie in it because to just little dumb poor bears and they just want to have fun, but they also need money. <laughs> and she got to eat bread with the center, with the white part, like she always wanted. So proud of her. Proud of that little bear. I like that too, a little bit of science because it's like raccoons are, are like really related to bears. Mm. They're little bears. Little bears. Yeah. Trails of fire, you always do. <laughs> yeah, and you me that I wish I knew this song so I could like belt it out. <laughs> I know it's in my heart somewhere, but I don't know. Gaye Sabanare. I'm sorry, I feel like the podcast is like coming to an end, but can we talk about the music? Can we talk about how the music is very black? How it's like gospel? I mean, that's really all I have to say about it. But. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. To keep up with us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Animated. And be sure to listen for more episodes on blackandanimated.podbean.com and on iTunes. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of the respective individual and do not reflect the views of our employers. Thanks, guys. Until next time, see you later. This episode is edited by Tyler Schlossman.